You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today our guest is BJ View. A lot of people know BJ, especially if you were part of the NYA or HDEO. Um, BJ has been a Huntington's disease advocate for the past 20 years in multiple roles. After his mom was diagnosed in the mid-90s, his family hosted a basketball fundraising event for 15 years that raised funds supporting the Huntington's Disease Society of America. Fundraising led him to meet many other young people impacted by HD, which led to being a co-founder and 10-year board chairman of the Huntington's Disease Disease Youth Organization, an international nonprofit supporting kids, teenagers, and young adults impacted by HD. Professionally, BJ has spent over 10 years in the pharmaceutical space. Many of those years were at Lundbeck, working with tetrabenazine, the first FDA-approved medicine for Korea associated with Huntington's. BJ has an MBA from the Kellogg School of Management and a passion to help others in the HD community, especially those thinking about or going through the genetic testing and counseling process, which is what we're going to be talking about today. BJ, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Lauren. Excited to be here and uh, and talk about genetic testing counseling. And we're going to jump right into that. So we're we're going to be talking about genetic testing, and you personally have undergone genetic testing for HD. Yes, um, I'm losing track of the years, but yeah, I, I went through testing uh, probably just over just over ten years ago myself. It's so funny. I was just thinking um, today that it's been 15 years since I tested. Um, so this month has been 15 years, and uh, it's I can't believe it's it's been that long. <laughs> Crazy how time flies. Um, such a you know kind of monumental point in everybody's life. You know everybody does it at a certain time, but it's definitely one of those kind of anniversaries that you have in the back of your head. Absolutely. And so what did the process look like for you when you tested? Yeah, so um, the process for me, I would say, is um, is a little unique. You know, everybody's process, I guess, is unique to themselves. But uh, when I got tested, again, I was, I was in my early 20s. And, um, you know, I had grown up knowing about HD from, from really the time that I was 9 or 10 years old. My, my parents were very transparent and you know, they, they brought me to many of the support groups, education days, and, and really wanted to educate me along the way throughout my mom's, uh, you know, progression, which uh, happened really in my, my teenage years. So uh, to, to give you a little backstory, I was one of those who, who thought at the age of 17 that when I get to that 18th birthday, I want to know. And um, I don't think I really knew why I wanted to know other than, you know, you know, a curious young person and, you know, felt like it, it was something that I needed to, to figure out. 
but you know, approaching that 18th birthday, I, I kind of just had some some more thought and energy around why do I need to know today? And I came to that realization that I, I really didn't. Um, I really didn't need to know. And, and frankly, I probably really didn't want to know. I just thought I wanted to know. Um, but after school and kind of getting after college, that is, um, kind of get into the real world and, you know, thinking really more towards that future is, is when I really started to think long and hard about testing. And um, through some HD connections that I had made, I was living in Chicago at the area or Chicago at the time. Um, I went through testing uh, really through a, I think it was like a, a general practitioner. And um, I had some connections that can make this happen anonymously. And, you know, I, I, I didn't go through genetic counseling. And um, it was a pretty quick process. It took about three weeks. And it was, it was a good process for where I was at in my own HD journey. Um, I had the chance to, you know, really think about HD and think about the options and think about my, my two future paths, one with HD, one without HD. But it's, it's not a path that I would pursue again today myself and really a path that I would recommend others take um, the way I chose to go uh, uh, with testing. So uh, I'll stop rambling there, but that's in general um, the, the process that, uh, that I went through. So um, how did you receive your results? You said you went to a general practitioner. Did you go into the office or did they call you? How, how did that go about? Yeah, again, I, I had a, a connection in the HD community. This is a very small uh, HD nonprofit that, that supported me through this process. And, and actually, the results went through this, this group. Um, so I sat down with this person that I knew who got the results from the doctor, and, and they unveiled the results to me. So it was a little bit like having um, somebody reveal it to me who, who knew the ramifications of it. Again, this, this, this group was very familiar with Huntington's disease. Um, this group is very familiar with the genetic testing process, but they weren't a genetic counselor by any means. Um, you know, they definitely made sure that I had my, my ducks in a row, but it wasn't the standard process that, that most go through today at an HD center or one that I would really recommend anyone go through. Um, but, uh, but it worked for me. So yeah, we were sitting in a, in the uh, the small uh, nonprofit group's office, and I was by myself. I didn't bring a, you know a, a loved one or a friend with me, and uh, just kind of got the results and absorbed it, and you know kind of went on with my day. Do you regret not taking somebody with you? I I can just imagine how hard um, that would have been to receive any result by myself. So. Uh, I imagine that was very hard. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking back, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, young guy probably, you know, had a macho uh, thought of I can handle this, I can do this. Um, definitely would have been nice to go through it with a friend or family member. I had come to the conclusion in my own head that I wanted to go through testing and get my result because I was okay regardless of which path my, my kind of coin was going to put me down, either a path with HD or a path without HD. And even though these paths, you know, family, profession, you know, life might have been different, I was okay going down either path. But I wasn't sure that my, my family 
um, was ready to, to get those results. So actually, it made it a little easier because um, I didn't tell my family that I was going through testing. I didn't tell my friends. I just went at it alone. Um, so I also didn't have any of the anxiety or pressure of, you know, bringing that other person with me um, because I knew it was going to be just as much of a roller coaster emotionally for them. So um, mm -hmm. again, even though I wouldn't recommend that, it 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 did it did help in that sense. It didn't make telling them later any easier or harder. But uh, yeah, I would I would just always recommend having somebody there who understands what you're going through. It's uh, it's definitely recommended across the board, and I would I would I definitely wish I would have had somebody at the time. And yeah, I mean I I just have to commend you for for doing that, and that really just shows some strength. I know for me. Um, <laughs> I was in a completely different state. So, um, you know, I had my husband, but the rest of my family was not around and not everybody supported my decision. So you're right. That made it very hard to do the testing um, because I was also thinking about everybody else um, rather than just focusing on, on what I needed. So um, I have to commend you for that. But I, I definitely think that having somebody um there is so important um just in order to process and know that you can talk something through with somebody yeah yeah and, and maybe there's there's some goods and bads you know a lot of people make their testing experience very vocal you know they put it on facebook if i'm going through testing or i'm going to i'm going to you know start the process and I, I think there's value in getting support like that. But then again, I also think it, it builds up anticipation that everybody is now hoping, wondering, asking you about it. And it kind of puts more pressure on you to then Absolutely. tell the world, you know, what that process is. And it's a very personal process. So you may get to results and be handling it. And then you have people left and right who are, you know, pinging you for your results, and, and, and then you may not be ready to share. You don't want to talk about it with those folks. So I definitely think there's value in telling, you know, a few of your closest folks you can trust and bring with you. But, um, you know, I'm not sure I would totally recommend telling the world unless you are really looking for something for that world to provide you. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. So if, there, if you could improve one thing about the testing process, what would it be? Um, you know, it kind of goes on what we were talking about just before the show, Lauren, of there seems to be so many people who are, who are testing these days, um, whether it's an increase or just more folks are on, you know, the Huntington's disease, Facebook, private chat groups asking about testing. And the one thing that I wish, and it's kind of a, a broad one thing, but I wish there was a more standardized testing process. So if, if I live in a certain state and go to a certain clinic, um, let's say I'm in, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico versus, you know, Richmond, Virginia, based on, you know, the healthcare system you go to, based on which insurance you have, based on which genetic counselor you get, based on which neurologist you may be seeing, the, the variables in genetic testing, just they're so wide from you know, the, the amount of time it takes to get the test results, the process, um, you know, of, of which healthcare professionals you need to see from a neurologist or a neuropsychologist to a social worker to a genetic counselor, 
um, from the cost you may have to, to, to incur either through insurance or self-pay cash um, can range from, you know, $0 to $3,000. And I just wish that there was a process that for anyone in the HD community, it's the exact same no matter where you live, especially in the United States, but really around the world is that if you ask me about my experience, you, you know, I'm going to tell you about the experience you're going to incur. It's going to take X amount of time. It's going to cost X amount of dollars. You know, you're going to get your hand held by this genetic counselor. They're going to ask you these questions. You can watch these videos. Um, but right now it's just, it's so much across the board that it, it makes it even a harder, more confusing process for the HD community. And we don't, we don't need any more of that. Um, we already have this, you know, crazy, uh, crappy disease we have to deal with. So this process, if it could just be a little simpler, a little more synchronized, I think would make a world of difference for everybody. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, we we see all the time where somebody says that they, you know, their process was they got the results over the phone or they're having to pay, like you said, up to $3,000. And um, it's hard to help somebody when you when you can't understand that and it's so hard to get the testing as to where you go somewhere else, different state, and you get testing for free and, and the process is a lot easier. So um, I think standardizing the process would be such an amazing thing to do. Um, and I think having not only standardizing it, but also having resources available that are the same for everybody by state, um, you know, and, and people realizing like, okay, well, this is, you, you know, you've tested positive or negative here are, support groups online, here are, you know, and they, here are whatever resources in your state, having something or somebody who helps with that um, would be such an amazing thing. Yeah, it'd be great if, if, you know, every time somebody went through the process, they were all pointed in somewhat the same direction or given all the somewhat similar options uh, with the future outlook. Um, and, and if, if you go to a, you know, an HDSA or an HSG center, typically that is the case, but, you know, there's a lot of folks who are, are either too far away from these centers or, you know, for one reason or the other, don't know they're there or just think, you know, that I'm more comfortable with my primary care physician. And just the, the um, plan of action moving forward and what to do next varies when you go outside of an HD center. They don't know about the trials. They don't know about how to connect you with the community. They don't know about the best treatments. Um, so if there is a way to synchronize it again to for the value of folks going through this process to to push them in the same direction, I think that would help the community um, quite a bit. And um, Lauren, I know this is your show. You're asking me questions, but anything else you think just from your experience that, that you think the, the testing counseling process could improve on? Um. I mean, 15 years ago, uh, you know, I, when I went through my genetic testing, I went to a genetic counselor at Yale, and um, they made me, you know, speak with the genetic counselor before they would do the actual test. They made me do a neurologic test, and then I had to wait um, three to four weeks before getting my results. They called me and told me that I needed to come in. Um, and to bring somebody with me. Um, but so with my process, when I actually met with the genetic counselor, 
um, 15 years ago, the response is there's absolutely no reason for you to test. This is a death sentence. Uh, there's not really a pro to doing this. And that was really mm-hmm. kind of the response I got. And I started crying and, um, and the genetic counselor said, so are, is, is it that you don't want to do it? I said, no, I feel like you're discouraging me from doing something that I feel that I need to do for myself. And, um, you know, and she said, well, I just want to make sure that you, you know your options. I didn't really feel like it was giving me an option. I felt like she was very negative. Um, so I think that, as you said, standardizing and, and having – nowadays we have so much more hope, right? We've got these clinical trials. We've got um, all of that. And I think that if we're going to have genetic counselors doing the counseling – then making sure that they're actually doing a pros and cons and not not basically discouraging somebody from from making that decision for them um being that support rather than um than being just to me just a con list you know um and kind of letting somebody talk it out so yeah, that's I, my I opinion on it. Yeah, it's it's. I would imagine it, it's tough to be in the shoes of a genetic counselor too, when when talking about HD and and not feeling as hopeful for that patient they're working with. But also, you know, they need to to challenge themselves to understand the background of that person getting tested. You know, has this person you know, thought about testing for 20 years and they're very educated and connected into the community and, you know, have, have done their homework and they've, you know, prepared their mind to, to go through this test. Because for someone like that, then showing up, you just talked about, is mm-hmm. got to be frustrating. Um, I do see a lot of people who find out about HD kind of later in their life for one reason or the other. And they do rush in my mind, I think, to get tested. You know, they just think, well, you know, I just found out my uncle or my dad or my grandma got tested and I have two kids and I need to figure out if I have this or not. Um, I do think for for those folks who, again, may not have this, what I'm calling a, a prepared genetic testing mind, I, I think pushing back a little bit um, from a genetic counselor's point of view is beneficial. But, you know, they need to probably do a better job of just identifying know who's really prepared and who's jumping the gun just thinking you know they need to they need to get their their yes or no today um because i think that can also be detrimental for those folks who rush the result and aren't really prepared for a a possible you know positive result and and they can spiral from from there so i don't know it's it's really tough it's not black and white um i think that's the 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 generals that we think about when we think of hg genetics is you either you know, you either will or won't one day develop symptoms of the HD or you will or you won't uh, one day um, pass this on to your children. But it, it, there's, it's not really just a coin flip. There's a lot of variables in your results, and it really needs to be explained um, what it means today and what it means in the potentially the future. So um, it's, uh, it's a tough process for, for healthcare professionals, but also, you know, for us in the community. I think you just you just said a really important thing that it needs to be explained that there are different variables. So 
you know, like you said, it's not just going in and getting a yes, you're getting it, no, you're not. It, it doesn't work that way. And just if you if you test positive, you're going to be dealing with, uh, you know, spiraling. If you test negative, you could deal with spiraling. Like it's more than just uh, black or white. And having a genetic counselor who can explain, okay, this is what HD is. These are the different things that you may see um and and these are all options um and the fact that you can change your mind it doesn't have to be right now and it doesn't mean that you'll never test um but maybe right now is not but good a good time you know and and like you said learning that person and, and really getting to know um whether or not that person is ready and i think that's a huge part of genetic counseling um you know my experience with my own personal genetic counseling um, and my, you know, it was a very rough experience compared to doing genetic counseling for um, testing Zoe in utero. So, you know, that was a very great experience, genetic counselor and her explaining things. So, yeah, I definitely think that is a, a huge thing, making sure that people are explaining and giving education on what HD is and what it means. Totally. Yeah, definitely room room for improvement. But um, anyway, we're on the right track, I believe. Absolutely. So what would you recommend to those thinking about going through genetic testing or who are currently going through genetic testing? Hmm. I would say if you're thinking about going through genetic testing, um, you know, just, just take a step back, take a handful of deep breaths, and just, just have some deep thought and have some conversation with people around you um, that are important to you and you want to share your thinking with and allow them to, you know, provide their, their support, their opinions, their thoughts. Um, and, uh, and, and then just get a better base for why you really want to test. Um, I, I always explain this with why you want to test is it's two paths. You know, it's a, it's a path you can go down in your life if you've tested positive. And there's a path you can go down in your life if you test negative. And, and for each individual, those paths may be exactly identical or they may be 100% different. But until you are, you can look down both paths and you're okay with the future that lies ahead, regardless of which path you go down, um, then you shouldn't test. So if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, all right, I have path A. This is what I'm going to do, you know, in, in a general sense of my future if I test negative and you're okay there. And this is path B. This is if I test positive for HD and this is the future I'm okay doing. Then you're probably, in my mind, um, not a healthcare professional, but you're probably ready to test. Um, so that's what I would say if you're thinking about it. Think about those two paths. And if you're not okay going down one path, then then maybe you're not ready to know that that result just yet. Um, if you're currently undergoing genetic testing, um, you know, find that genetic counselor. You know, find that team that can help you through this process. It's, it's so important to get the right education, to not just run and get the results and, and think you can figure it out by doing some, you know, Dr. Google searches on what your results mean. It, they are results that you need to have conversation with. Um, you need to ask questions about. And uh, it's in a very, you know, it's a life-changing event for not just you, but potentially your, 
your spouse or your partner or your kids or your brothers and your sisters or your your parents. So um, you know, just just think long and hard about who you're gonna who you're gonna share it with. But again, uh, I think the number one thing really for for both of those who are thinking about it and currently going through it is I hope you found the right team and find the right team. Uh, specifically one with a, a strong genetic counselor, hopefully with some background in HD. Um, if, you, if you don't live near a, an HD center or you can't get to an HD center, you know, there's plenty of ways to find genetic counselors through the National Society of Genetic Counselors. They have a, a website and a, uh, a, a genetic counselor locator where you can find one by your zip code. Um, but I think they're the most important person you need to have on your side because they can guide you through the process, they can guide you through the results, they can ask you questions, they can support you, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can point you in the right direction, no matter which path you, you may end up going down. So long-winded um, answer, Lauren, but uh, those would be my, my general takeaways. Let me ask you this, and this is one, it's off the, the list here, um, but do you think that telehealth um, now with with how COVID-19 has really changed counseling and, and doing telehealth visits and everything, do you think that will cross over to genetic counseling? And it, would it be beneficial to be able to get a hold of a genetic counselor uh, via telehealth, um, you know, so instead of just one, one visit, uh, one counseling visit, you're at actually able to do multiple? Yeah, I mean, I'm very biased for reasons I won't uh, explain on today's call. Maybe we can talk about it in the future. But yeah, I think telehealth is going to change the genetic counseling landscape. It's going to make um, uh, genetic counseling more accessible for everyone, um, not just genetic counseling, but genetic counseling with um, expert genetic counselors who are focused on Huntington's disease. Um, right now, there aren't enough genetic counselors who, who really truly know HD, especially, you know, when you think outside of the, the 50 or so HD centers. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think in a sense we could say COVID, which has changed the, the, the landscape of telehealth is, is probably a positive thing for genetic testing. And we're already starting to see that. Um, you know, there was a presentation done, um, I think it was UT Texas did a, an HDSA seminar last week online about uh, telecounseling and uh, telehealth and, you know, specifically with their genetic counselor who was explaining how the process works today versus how it worked six months ago and how it's going well. Um, not only just telecounseling, but, you know, f for the most part, um, us in the HD community think that giving blood is the only way that, that you can get the genetic test. But, you know, through just science has changed and you can now give um, saliva so you can spit into a tube um, versus having to go uh, give blood to a clinic. So I think that also opens up the doors for those who aren't able to, to drive to a center, who aren't able to take time off of work, to do multiple visits, who may just live too far away to get it sent right in their, right to their house, um, to get counseling in their, their living room. Um, to spit uh, uh, versus have to give blood. So I definitely think it's a game changer, especially for, you know, the future that we believe that genetic counseling is, is and genetic testing is going to really spike once, you know, cross our fingers and um, hoping these, these trials are, are positive and successful for, 
for people to finally be able to do something about HD. So um, again, long-winded answer. I'm passionate about um, bringing some change to that exact question, but um, I definitely think that the future outlook is bright for those looking to go through this, this testing counseling process in HD. Awesome. So are there steps that people considering genetic testing should take before actually going through with testing? Yeah, you know, you know, there are, like people will always talk about which insurance you need to um, sign up for. What I would just say is the one step you should take is contact a genetic counselor because they're specialized, they're professionals who are here to walk you through all those ins and outs of insurance and, and you know, work and, you know, other things to consider. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, my list of 20 things. I would just give you that one thing on my list, which is, which is contact a genetic counselor and work with them through that process. Um, I believe most places you can probably talk to a genetic counselor um, or someone in that department about testing before it ever goes into your insurance or before it ever gets, gets logged into your um, you know, your insurance if you want to, if you want to hide that, but that would be my number one result. Um, uh, and then it's kind of a, a back, a back second um, option is just talk to those in the HD community, whether it's through, you know, groups like help for HD or HDO or HDSA or, you know, the Facebook chat groups, you know, find folks who have done it before and, and ask them questions and observe what others are doing and just, uh, just take it in to make sure that, you know, what you're doing is, is not being rushed and you're doing it the right way. Great. Do you have any final thoughts before we end our show today? Well, I, I don't think so. You know, I, I, I hope for those who haven't gone through genetic testing for HD that, you know, you're, you're feeling hopeful, not just for the future of treatments, but, you know, just hopeful that there's a, there's a huge community out here to support you no matter what test results you get, no matter what path you're down. You know, people are here to hold your hand. People are here to give you a hug. People are here to talk to you. Um, there's just, there's so much love and energy in the HD community for, you know, those who are um, going down this road, regardless if we know you or not, we, we want to help. So, um, you know, for those listening today, you know, find a way to get connected, find a way uh, to get into this community um, through advocacy groups or through the Facebook chat groups and, um, you know, meet some great people and, and get the support you need. But um, I'm also positive that the, the uh, the future of genetic testing and counseling will will positively be changing in the in the near future, and um, I think that's a very hopeful thing for for us in the HD community. Yes, and I'm really excited about it. BJ, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and sharing your thoughts on genetic testing. Um, it is greatly appreciated. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. I appreciate you reaching out. Good chatting, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to come on and, and share, and uh, have a great uh, great rest of the week. Thanks, you too. And we'll be uh, talking actually later on this month about telehealth and, um, and kind of delving more into that. So you guys make sure to stay tuned this month for that, and also the fact that it's um, holiday month. Everybody have happy holidays, and we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Thank you for listening. 
Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications. 